Hello and welcome to The Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave, where they're still trying to dry off from their trip down Cali River Rapids, the man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall with the one and only Lori. Every other week we get together. (laughs) I'm, I'm getting rusty here. Every other week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news, happenings, and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, we always like to note, though, that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company as always. His opinions are fully his own. So all right, all right, all right. Are we starting to get into the holiday season mood or what here, man? It seems like it seems like things are really moving at uh, at both Disneyland, Disney World. We're getting that Disney holiday magic. How about it? Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of holiday stuff is going on. <laughs> Feels like after. Halloween, things just immediately without skipping a beat, just kick right into high gear. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. It's, it's kind of nice. I'm, 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 I'm into it. It's definitely a, a go, go, go like mentality. Like it's like time to turn and burn. It's like, there's no stopping at this point. Like, I mean, (laughs) as soon as like, I think it like kind of start, you feel, it feels like it kind of ramps up around like, just at the beginning of like September, as you start to get the the Halloween decorations and stuff in, but then for some reason it feels like once like you get like Halloween is done, like as soon as you're in the holidays, it's like it's like go time. It's like the next two months are just like total like mad rush of like just holidays at like at the Disney parks. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And especially this year, like it, you know, last year, of course, we're still in kind of COVID lockdown. Everything just was not feeling particularly normal, at least at Disney World, which was the only, uh, the only U.S. Disney park open at the time. But this year, not only are both parks open, but both parks have their own kind of after hours Christmas, uh, event going on. So, Disney World has their after-hours Christmas event. Disneyland has their after-hours Christmas event. It's Marius Nights. And uh, they're both pretty similar. The major kind of difference is Disney World has, you know, pretty much it's kind of set up as their same kind of after-hours event, very similar to Boo to you. They've got their complimentary kind of snacks, though this time it includes uh, cookies and hot chocolate as well with that. Um, they also were doing, you know, a fireworks show. They have their first parade that, uh, that's starting, which, uh, which is a pretty big deal. If you're, you know, into those kinds of Disney parades, it sounds like it's, it's good times on the Disneyland side. Again, it's, it's another after hours kind of a thing, a little bit smaller than the, uh, than the Halloween event that we have at Disneyland at the Oogie Boogie Bash. This is just kind of another standard after hours, Marius Nights here. Um, uh, and so, but the big highlight, I think I speak for both of us, Henry, is a pretty solid appearance from the Muppets. Am I right? Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was, it was really cool. Like, uh, interaction, I guess, with, uh, with the Muppets. It's like they're, they're in like a, they're in the double decker bus and they show up and they, and they're kind of cruise around main street and then they just kind of have a, uh, they stop. And they have like a little act that plays out for like, you know, I don't know, it's like 10, 15 minutes or something like that. Uh, pretty, 
good times. Uh, that being said, though, all of the feedback that I had heard, I, I guess I heard a little bit of less of this on the Disney World side, but certainly on the Disneyland side, as excited as people were, as good as people were feeling, there was a lot of questions, a lot of comments I was seeing of people saying almost, you know, in, in that, you know, high 100s, low 200s range, maybe not quite worth it. Oh, I, everything I heard was definitely not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> There's no question. There, what there you was reading. no question about it, especially for, I guess, on the Disneyland side, because it did have a parade, but the same parade goes on in normal hours. So it's not like a special parade for for the after hours event. Uh, at least the after hours event for the Disneyland was four hours, un unlike our three hours for the uh, the the what you call it the boobash we went to. So it's it's an extra hour. But I think everybody was kind of kind of disappointed in that it was only the like it seemed like the only thing that they really pointed out, at least on the Disneyland side, that being interesting was the Muppets. And then even yeah. I mean, I guess they they had like, I guess, character meet and greets that they called parties and in Disneyland. And then it was like, but they call them parties, but they were just really meet and greets. So it was kind of a weird thing to like, I think people were expecting more from the parties, but they were just like the yeah. characters in their like little setting. And some of the characters were like for Buzz Lightyear, he was like way up away from everybody. And there's like a DJ. So he's just way far away dancing to the music uh donald duck was like way out there like way past like like <laughs> people basically was like uh everybody who found donald was like like nobody knows he's back here like in his scene and it was like a pretty cool scene and they were saying like he was probably one of the characters you could get the closest to but it was like he was way out in the middle of nowhere he was past like uh he was over by the theater uh the old theater that was uh shut down uh over by it's a small world i believe that's where he was oh where they did the magical map yes it's like the fairy tale mm. theater, story theater. Yeah. yeah yeah he was he was way out there by himself and basically nobody knew he was there so like you could get out there and you could go talk to him, but it was like nobody was around there. Kind of seems like they didn't do enough planning. Uh, definitely had heard like people like uh, talking to even cast members. I guess this is like the first time they've done this and they only did what five, six or five nights of it. So it's like they're testing it out. Uh, so even cast members didn't know anything that like, I guess the, one of the complaints was that the cast members didn't know what was going on. So if you had a question about where something was at or, or, you know, they didn't know. So, uh, I think, uh, the, and it's also like, uh, I think to a lot of the people I was, uh, I saw giving their, 
you know opinion about the event went to Bo- uh, Oogie's uh Boo Bash you know Oogie Boogie's Bash so they're comparing it to that which really makes the uh uh Marius Knights kind of look even worse because you got more interactions with the uh with the characters like talking to you and everything in that and then you had more time you had treats you had more entertainment stuff going on unlike uh Marius Knights kind of a bummer man like I, you easy to see how that happens too like for sure uh you know this being the first year that they're doing this like you pointed out uh and being so used to i mean what's now oogie boogies uh you know halloween event it um it's easy to see how that could be just a an expectation that that people could have right yeah plus it was really expensive i mean because i guess the first night alone was like i think they said it was like they paid like 170 dollars per ticket for four hours yeah and i think i think it even um this is the case at at disney world too it's like it is uh for whatever reason (laughs) i'm not quite sure how the uh how the pricing worked or or whoever worked on this pricing structure worked yeah this is a more expensive event than either of the halloween uh parties on either coast uh you know are so again like you know maybe uh even crazier if you're thinking oogie boogie but also pretty wild when we're just thinking boobash which was like again like we we were kind of feeling like yeah there's nothing special but then they come back with a christmas uh you know after hours event that costs even more but offers relatively about the the same kind of stuff again i think it's a little bit different on Disney World side, just because you're talking about there's also now fireworks and then there's also like a legitimate parade, not cavalcades. So yeah, there's maybe a little bit more there, but still it's, it, it's, it's a spicy meatball to, uh, to chomp on. Yeah. Right? It's, it's really like, cause I, I mean, I don't think Disneyland had the snacks, at least nobody mentioned the no. free snacks. No, okay. No. So like, it yeah, not, it yeah. just seems like, you know, yeah, it just, like, if it was cheaper, maybe, but it's like, yeah, that's so expensive for, like, so little. At least, I guess, the Disneyland side maybe had potentially better snacks you could buy, but I'm not sure about that either. <laughs> I mean, they, I did see that they did have some, some tasty-looking snacks offered um to buy but you know it was not like they were free <laughs> so i mean yeah, right. <laughs> you're paying a lot of money for a little bit of time to go spend more money so i don't know they definitely everybody i heard was like they had fun uh but they wouldn't do it again so i think it's i don't know what kind of feedback they'll get from that um because <laughs> you know it's one of those things where I, I feel like oh well if everybody's saying that it, it was it was bad you know they're probably not going to do it again but it's, you know it's going to sell out again 
regardless. And then people are going to still gripe about it being not worth it. But it's like, well, the only way we can get them to actually change it and make it better is to not go. But that's <laughs> it's not going to happen more than likely. Uh, right. So. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, what do you think, Gloria? How worried should we be that this is uh, this is kind of the way of the future when it comes to holiday events? I'd say this may be just reality going forwards. Because again, it's like, yeah, there are kind of subpar experiences for more money than we're used to, but it's not stopping us. <laughs> we're we're still going. We're still spending the money. So I mean, if they can provide less for a higher price tag, I mean, hey, my why not? <laughs> I mean, it does seem like that's kind of the theme of you know post COVID Disney parks, right? <laughs> exactly. Like you're gonna get a little bit less for a little bit more. But it's a Disney experience, so yeah, you're going to pay for it. Of course you're going to pay for it, right? You know, I don't really, I mean, for me, because we didn't have something like this in Disneyland, I'm not so hurt by it. I mean, if if we had an event like like uh, Disney World actually had a Christmas time event, and I thought it was better than this one. Like, didn't they have like a Mickey uh, Christmas party around this time too. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a full scale, like on the, on the scale of, you know, Mickey's uh, not so scary Halloween yeah. party. So if I had that and then this was replaced, this replaced that, I would be mad. I am not, since we didn't have anything, I'm not too worried about it. As long as they don't mess with our Oogie Boogie Bash. If Oogie Boogie Bash, well, that's what I was gonna say. It's it's time to get prepared for uh for that for. Next I don't year. know. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I, it's so weird because the parks do things so differently, and you never know what's going to happen. They, I just hope they don't mess with the Oogie Boogie Bash. It needs to stay what it is. As long as that stays, they can have the merriest nights. They can do more of them fine i actually don't have that big of a problem with it just because you know pretty much everything you get during the regular visit is pretty much the same except for i would like to check out the muppets i would like to see more muppets but uh you know i don't know i just don't want them to mess with oogie boogie bash (laughs) well We'll, ha- I mean, I guess we'll have to wait to see. I mean, for all of this, right? It's it's less of a question of this year and more of a question of next year, right? Like, are they going to do the same kind of after hours events next year? Will there be no Mickey's not so scary Halloween party? Will uh, Oogie Boogie Bash be the same? Is you know uh, the after hour events? Is this going to be? kind of the way that things are going to be for for all of these, uh, for at least the Christmases. We'll just have to wait and see. But the one thing for sure we found out this week that is going to change and that is going to change pretty dramatically is Mickey's Toontown at Disneyland, right? Like we found out not only is it going to get a complete makeover, but it's basically going to get a full reboot, right? Like re- reimagining, full reboot. Uh, 
it's sounding like what they've been talking about, what they've been showing is a, a very different vision for Toontown than what we have currently and what we've had for the last couple of decades here. So again, like very, this is still pretty new information. Very little is known, but what they did talk about is that all of Toontown's is pretty much going to close from March 2022, and it's not going to reopen until 2023. And they, they didn't really give a timeline, but you have to imagine that it's going to be timed along with the opening of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. It doesn't make a lot of sense for, uh, certainly the ride's not going to open before the land. (laughs) So you have to expect that there, uh, there's going to be some alignment there. And really, I mean, this is something we've, I think everyone has speculated on and, and we've seen, you know, changes going on in Toontown, some very, small, right? <laughs> like refurbishments being done here and there, uh, the the kind of rolling hills in the kind of upper backgrounds that have been taken down. Uh, and then some have been really large, like the demolition of a huge portion of the, uh, of the land, uh, the huge show building for Mickey and Minnie's now you know, being smack dab kind of on the, on the upper edges of Toontown and and being impossible to ignore so much so that they have a, a sign that's kind of making fun of how obvious that this, uh, this massive kind of warehouse, the being present, uh, is, is so obtrusive. Uh, so there's like been no question in anyone's mind that there will be changes to Toontown and in general, that's it's a that's a very positive thing because uh, you know we've talked about it before. Toontown was looking pretty rough around the edges, right? Like not very well kept on Disney's part. Like if there's one area, like certainly uh, Tomorrowland is pretty rough, but at least like it doesn't feel like it's it's like actively crumbling. And I, I feel like that's where Toontown kind of was, right? <laughs> it was like actively <laughs> falling apart. Well, you had all that uh, area where they have the, like, the Toon City, like, the photo op area where, you know, kids can go in and and touch things and, like, take all those pictures and everything. And it obviously looked like everything had been touched a lot. (laughs) So, yeah. uh, A lot of of just, like, wear and tear. It also feels like, like, even though, like, even when you have a lot of people there, it, it feels kind of ignored or something like, like mm. it, like, a, well, I mean, there's one shop and, and there's like some food, but the, this one shop and some food. Whereas if you go into like Tomorrowland, there's generally like multiple places to get food or fantasy land there's multiple places to get food there's like only one place to get food so it was like it it was kind of like something they made and kind of like forgot about it in its corner and it always feels yeah. like it if you know as as a land that immerses you an immersive type land it does a better job than a lot of the other lands but then Again, it feels ignored. It's it's really weird. Yeah, for sure. I, I, and the way that I would describe it too, 
I think to someone that had, had never been to Toontown would be, yeah, like it, it was like delivered really well on its concept. However, it legitimately feels trapped in the nineties, right? For, for many reasons, like not only, uh, are, are not only is the IP that's being leveraged there, uh, uh, nineties IP. So like Roger Rabbit, not exactly like a, a modern, fresh IP, uh, you know, uh, gadgets, go coaster rescue Rangers, not even though they did have, I guess that, uh, that cameo and what was it? DuckTales was great uh not exactly yeah. a relevant ip anymore <laughs> so it, it just felt very much like okay this is to your point like yeah this was built in the 90s and it's pretty much been that way ever since like very little very little touching and sprucing up and plussing up has been done yeah and i was kind of disappointed that they removed the peppers the spicy peppers that were planted all around the <laughs> the area for people oh, to yeah. eat. <laughs> it's like, why would you plant something like that where you have a lot of children at that are grabbing things? <laughs> I guess somebody came yeah. to their senses and removed those things. Mm. Not bef- not mm. before Lori's yeah. sister though <laughs> got a hold of one. <laughs> <laughs> Really? <laughs> yes. We come up from a family of, ooh, what's that? Let me touch it and put it in my mouth. <laughs> it was definitely was something we were like, you know, well, you, they used to have all the, the you know, the edible, like, food, uh, plants around Tomorrowland, which was something we always knew and mm-hmm. always like, oh, should I, should I pick something and try it or something? But it's been sitting out in the open, but when we went into like Toontown and we had Lori's sister and cousin with us, we were like looking, we we're sitting down and looking up and there's all these like, look like peppers, like little hot peppers, plants point. And, and they were different colors. There was like the, the light green, dark green and red peppers around there. Like, huh? Well, they have those edible plants in Tomorrowland. Maybe these are also edible. And uh, Lori's sister and cousin were going, said, okay, we'll, we'll try it. <laughs> I don't know if I actually was, I didn't try and do pull a Julian James and try and talk them into eating it. They did it. They took it upon themselves <laughs> to, to try them out. And basically between the two of them, Lori's sister took the jive first and it got her by the boo-boo. So she started like, oh, this is hot. Like really started having problems with it and had to like spit it out. Uh, Lori's cousin never really like really bit. I think he bit it and then yeah, spit it out. He that reaction and was like, nope, I'm good. He was the smart one somehow. <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh man. Anyways, yes, apparently they were hot. And uh but uh, we've since gone back and of course, yes, the peppers are gone. Uh but the memory remains. So it it did sounds like it's yeah. the Toontown was never the same afterwards. <laughs> but I was looking at that uh that their concept art for it and I was trying to make sure I think I still see like uh the different uh, character houses, like still in there, 
but it does look like they're opening it up some more to like, I guess, have more playgrounds and stuff for kids to kind of play around. I guess less kind of line heavy type stuff so that parents can sit down and kids can play and you don't have to necessarily stand in a line all day and can get some actual physical activity. Uh, They're going to have a fountain to play in, which I guess, you know, during a hot day, that'll be fun. But, you know, kids are still going to jump into that water when it's cold and stuff. But (laughs) yeah. And so here was the here was the official announcement that they made on uh, on Disney's Parks blog. So uh, they said. Building on the legacy of Mickey's Toontown, Imagineers are working to create some all-new experiences so families and young children can have more opportunities to play together inside Disneyland Park. The beloved Mickey's Toontown will transform into a vibrant symphony of sights, sounds, and sensations. Focusing on today's families with young children, Mickey's Toontown will feature new play experiences as well as open, grassy play spaces for everyone to unplug... The land will have landscaping for both spontaneous family play and parental relaxation. And they they also include two kind of concept images that, yeah, to your point, like really play up this idea that it's really focused on play and interactivity. And it just looks like lush and green and and um and very different <laughs> that was my first take was man this uh this looks very different than what uh what is currently going on in toontown and and really what kind of surrounds most of disneyland um and you know the the first thought i had as well was to compare it to the redwood creek challenge trail in Uh, Disney California Adventure, which is also like a really unique, well-themed playground, basically, for kids to play. And it's actually a pretty, pretty uh, unique and, and, and I think pretty cool idea that they had. I've definitely, the few times that I've ducked my head in there, there's always a ton of kids just going nuts. And, and even in thinking of like, hey, when we go to the parks with my kids for the first time, I know that like uh, my daughter for sure would love that whole Redwood Creek area. And I can only imagine that she's going to, she's going to be into all of this as well, because yeah, exactly. To your point, like you spend so much time in lines and kind of in confined spaces in, uh, in your kind of traditional Disney park setting, having these open areas um, is definitely a nice change of pace. That being said, the, also the, the main question I had is, uh, these grassy areas and a lot of these, uh, certainly the trees I'm sure will be real, but like, are we going with real grass here? Like, is this really what we're going to do? Because I have to imagine that grass is also going to get beat the hell up after like 48 hours. Oh yeah. Kids playing on it. Very quickly. So I was assuming that it would be something like AstroTurf <laughs> down. That way we can extend the longevity yeah. and not have to maintain as much and not have to worry about, well, well if it rains, are we going to get mud? Yeah, it's probably going to be AstroTurf. Yeah, totally. With Because uh, also you can put padding underneath it, so it's definitely not as, as hard. But there's going to be, I think there is going to be some fake trees because they're going to have that dreaming tree, which 
which yes. I imagine is uh, Walt's dreaming tree will definitely be a fake tree. I'm I figure there, you know, there will be real trees, but that one I'm pretty sure is going to be fake. Maybe I don't know. It seems kind of a a hard yeah. thing to find a appropriate tree for that area and and then try and maintain it and yeah. whatnot, but. I was definitely thinking artificial along the lines of Tree of Life at Animal Kingdom, which of course we're we're going to get into a little bit later today as well. So yeah, that's uh, that was my assumption mm-hmm. too. Um, but I don't know what what are your guys what are your guys' thoughts on this? Is this uh, is this the kind of direction that makes a lot of sense and is exciting for Toontown, or are we thinking that this is maybe a little bit of a blunder? I think it makes sense because it is more or at least from what it seems, it's going to keep with the theme of, well, it's like it's stuff you can touch. It's very sensory instead of it's just rides you get on or buildings you just look at. So that was the fun thing for me. It's like the you know handful of times I might've gone into Toontown is like, well, let me touch all the things. I'm a giant kid. I want to touch the things. <laughs> it's like, I want to make the things make noise. Mm, yeah. I want... So I do like that they're keeping with a very sensory driven land. So that way it's, it's a little more, ah, it's a little more fun for the little kids who want to touch and play and feel. Yeah, no. And that, and that's a really good point too. Just that, uh, you know, Toontown, old Toontown, we can, we can call it, I guess, uh, definitely had a few of those kind of interactive experiences. Uh, and that definitely was, I think the highlight for most people that were just exploring around, right? But uh, but yeah, not not as much as I think you would expect for a uh, a cartoon town. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's kind of definitely uh, a little underwhelming in that regard. So yeah, no, that's a that's a that's a that's a good point. For I sure. think there's actually more kind of interactive stuff uh, in Toontown, but it's just not very apparent, uh, particularly for adults, because you have to go mm. through the houses and whatnot, and there's some interactive stuff right which are off you can't even go as an adult you can go into some of those places like the like mickey's house and i've gone into the into donald's uh boat and whatnot and you can go in there and whatnot i mean it's more of course fun for like little kids pretending in and mickey's house is actually pretty awesome all the stuff that they got in there and whatnot but uh i think it is a smart move for them because it it needs some refreshment. Mine as well, like included with the, you know, with Mickey and Minnie's uh, runaway railroad so that they can basically like kind of do like a whole kind of reboot of it at the same time. And I think, you know, you need a bit more like um, one thing from our trip that I noticed is that a lot of those other parks other than like have a lot more like learning or like interactive stuff or places where kids can kind of like run around a bit more or, you know, there's a lot more of that and you don't really have that in the, uh, the Mickey in the uh, Disneyland or California adventure, especially since like bugs life land has now gone away which was kind of like the little kids area for playing in california adventure that's no longer there so i think you need to just expand toontown 
into being more of what it was supposed to be and be actually just more of that. Uh, I just wonder if I imagine the rides and stuff are still going to remain. It's just going to be more opening up areas and including like more play areas. It's kind of just making it a bit more open. I think it looks like uh, rather than getting rid of all that other stuff that was already there. I think that stuff is going to be kept. Yeah, definitely more open. And yeah, the I think the, the question I certainly had, and I saw a lot of people asking this as well, uh, specifically was, is Roger Rabbit safe and included? Or is it going to be wiped away as part of this, this major kind of reboot and refresh? And if you look at that wide concept art, the building is still there. It definitely is not the Roger Rabbit building. Now, maybe not worth reading too much into it. We do know that, like, they just went through a very, very, very light kind of re-theme as well on the Roger Rabbit ride, where they repositioned Jessica Rabbit as, like, a private detective that is on a on a case as opposed to the damsel in distress role. So so that's been kind of retooled a little bit. But we still don't know for sure. Like, is it is it gonna be there when it opens in 2023? I agree. It it would make sense. But man, I can't help but be a little bit concerned considering it really that building is just kind of a generic looking building. It is not the Roger Rabbit building in that overall concept piece. Worried, Henry. Well, I think I think it's go- it's going to stay. I think they might have said something. More than likely, I figure they would say something if it was if it was going away. I think it's safe for now. For now, they may wind up safe until March twenty twenty two. Yeah, well, at least no, I, I think I think it's safe until like. They first open, and then I think it's going to be because I don't think they want to spend a lot of money uh, creating a new ride at this point. I think right now they're trying to take, um, you know, they're trying to be kind of a little bit, um, I wouldn't say like minimalistic. Cheap, you could say it, Henry. <laughs> well, it's cheap. not even like cheap. It's minimalist with their changes. Like it's yeah. they're they're making it like more open and adding kind of playground stuff, but they're really not removing like a lot of the the big stuff because that would cost a lot more money. They're going to kind of just they're doing kind of a, I guess calling it a reboot is actually not accurate. It's probably more of a refresh. Like you said, it's a refresh where it's they're they're just kind of opening it up, making it kind of a little bit new, like adding a couple areas to it. But for the most part, most of the stuff is still going to be there because I think they would actually say something if they were removing the rides. But I don't think they want to do that at this point just because they're still, you know, reeling from the year of not having business, having the park closed. So... I don't think they they're ready. I mean, even if you look at like Avengers Campus, that was still fairly minimalistic in a lot of their changes. Like, like the bathrooms weren't even fully changed over. Like they've done 
with like the other big changes. Like, you know, when they did uh, Galaxy's Edge, you know, that was like a complete, like, you know, a whole new theme park area. They ch- they had like cool ba- bathrooms and everything. Whereas with Avengers Campus, yeah, I mean, it, it looks different, but then some of the stuff that if they didn't have to like get rid of it, like the bathrooms, they just kind of put like made it prettier, you know, on the outside. But it's still like if they didn't have to get rid of it, they didn't redo it. So it wasn't a complete overhaul on everything. And I think they're going to do kind of that to even a lesser degree. They're not going to build out uh, with that timeline, too, of like about a year's time. They're not going to be able to do any big, big, big changes. Well, and and on that point, I mean, there is a big new ride coming, and it's called Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, yeah. right? Like that's they are <laughs> investing at least in that, and yeah, it's it's very much a uh, it's very much they're they're yeah refreshing the kind of area that houses the big new ride that honestly is gonna is gonna bring a ton of new people into Toontown. So it doesn't make sense to have. A, uh, a kind of a crumbling facade that you're going to house it all in. If you're bringing a ton of new people in and it's going to be your new hotness for that year, uh, you know, yeah, you better, you better have, you better have somewhere for people to go in the land rather than just like out immediately. Like that seems, seems like a missed opportunity. So yeah, totally makes sense. F- fresh it up, make uh build that astroturf. <laughs> <laughs> turf out toontown that's what that's what the uh the motto is gonna be right <laughs> anyway gearing up for an interesting 2023 right like adds a little extra incitement uh adds a little extra excitement for that uh that opening gun of uh mickey's and minnie's runaway railway well i mean it, it makes kind of sense too also if you think about it all those people who are waiting to get in line to uh, or waiting in line or, or just waiting for a time to get in. Cause I imagine they're probably going to have like a virtual queue for Mickey and Minnie's when it first opens. So people are going to be waiting around there. They're not going to be want to, they're going to want to wait in a, a nice, fresh, new air refreshed area instead of uh broken down area. So yeah. Hashtag bring back the gag factory. Is that we gotta we gotta get that roll? <laughs> I did like that door. R.I.P. <laughs> anyway, uh, so talking about the original location of Mickey and Minnie's, since uh, since we're on that subject, we've already ridden it, but we have ridden it at Hollywood Studios. We're here to we're here to tell about it. We're excited. That, that it makes me even more excited to ride it at Disneyland in Toontown in the El Capitoon Theater. I feel like, at least as a setting, that makes a lot more sense than the Man's Chinese Theater at the Hollywood Studios Park. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was yeah. the first thing that came to mind when we were in line for the ride was like, this feels weird. <laughs> and this is going to be so much better in Toontown. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, yeah, so Hollywood Studios, we were there. Uh, it was the first park. That, that first day that we were there, you guys went to Epcot. I went to Hollywood Studios. Then the second day, 
we all went to Hollywood studios together. Uh, and the first thing I think that stuck out for me and I think is worth touching on is how sweet was it to ride that Skyliner over from pop century directly to Hollywood studios. That was for me, that set everything off on a good foot. Oh yeah. I really, I really liked the Skyliner. It was really convenient. And quick, what, maybe like 15, 20 minutes to get from the park or from the hotel to the park? It's like door-to-door access, right? It, uh, yeah, it, 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 is, it, it is incredible. And I only hope that they really, I know that there's been rumblings of expanding it out. It's obviously, it, uh, you know, you look at that map for Disney World. It's a lot of land to cover. So who knows exactly what the what the grand plan for the Skyliner is. But man, I am big fan. Hopefully they'll be able to really expand it out to uh to at least one other, if not both parks, or just Disney Springs or just other places. Because man, what a joy. What a joy that was to just hop on, hop off, and you're there. So yeah, so that that started things off on the uh the right foot for sure. Curious what your guys' overall take on Hollywood Studios was. I, I kind of went back and forth on it. So I'm, I'm curious where you came down on it and what your what your kind of overall takeaway, Lori, was. It's, I don't know, it felt very, it's kind of like everything was kind of out of place. Nothing quite meshed like, like the other parks did and everything kind of had a, had a theme it was all pulled together but this was very like sporadic i guess would be it was like they're trying to make universals but disney is what i got from it so it's a lot of <laughs> you know these different lands so we have the the like han chinese theater and but it's right next to like what toy story land is right down the road and then we have the muppets theater kind of packed around the corner i don't it just it didn't feel very cohesive as as like a single thought for a park yeah yeah i definitely had that feeling too it was uh it felt like at at some of the some of the disney parks around the world and actually that's not even it at a few of the disney kind of resorts it feels like there is just an ip park right which is just like and we don't have a really good spot to throw in this Disney licensed, you know, uh, land and or ride and or attraction. It's like, let's just throw it into this park. And yeah, that, that was, that was Hollywood studios. Uh, as much as it pains me to say like California adventure feels like that (laughs) in many ways now where it's just kind of this hodgepodge of like properties that Disney owns where they're like, I mean, Avengers is popular. Like, let's just throw it into California adventure. Okay. Uh, uh, Walt Disney Studios is like that in Paris where it's just like, yeah, you know, right. This, uh, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror makes sense there. Like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Um, so yeah, that's, that's exactly how I felt even more so like it was weird to have. Yeah. Like, um, you know, we were talking about how with, uh, Galaxy's Edge being at Disneyland, which, which is kind of weird in its own, uh, in its own place. Um, they did a much better job of at least separating it out from all of the other lands that it connects to. But like at Hollywood Studios, it very much is just like, bam, like, here you go. You're going directly from Toy Story Land into Hollywood Studios, not, uh, you know, into 
Galaxy's Edge, not very much of a transition going on. Like, oh, you're exiting now? Oh, okay, now you're exiting right into the Muppet area. Like, not very much transition going on. Uh, and yeah, it definitely definitely felt like that pretty pretty heavily it was, it was some pretty stark contrast going on yeah i think i felt like it was like a hodgepodge too but i think and and i definitely see like going there made me see it for dca as well like oh well now i see what people are saying about dca but i think my take, at least for DCA, is that it feels like if you go to DCA, yes, it's a hodgepodge of, of different properties, but at least they all seem to be in kind of in their own lands or like their own areas, themed areas. Whereas with, with uh, like you're saying, with the uh, Hollywood Studios, it feels like it's it's, they bleed over too much. So it, it feels like they're stepping on each other. And I mean, given Toy Story Land and Galaxy's Edge there feel like more like their own areas, but uh, most of the other stuff just kind of just bleeds over. But even those still like, I still feel like even though Toy Story Land is, is great is really nice land i still don't feel like i'm actually in the movie they like they did like i still feel like cars land is the bar to be like as far as like lands go because it feels like when you step into cars land you feel like you're stepping into the movie into you know in radiator springs in the like you know in you know, that movie. Whereas with all these other ones, it feels like it's a themed area based off of Toy Story movies, but I don't necessarily feel like I'm in that movie. Uh, so it's, it's still a few, yeah. a little weird also, but I mean, most of the, at least you had a Toy Story land and you get, had got galaxy's edge. Everything else just felt like, Whoa what is this? And you had areas that just kind of went off to nothing to like dead ends. And there's like nothing there. And you're like, Oh, all right, well, let's not go down that way again. <laughs> so we had the Muppets uh, back area, which led to what might've been a restaurant or a store, but it's, you wouldn't know it because there's, it there's a path that doesn't lead to anywhere except for whatever that building used to be that it isn't anymore. Well, yeah. I think that, I mean, one of the things that I, I do take into consideration is that there's still definitely stores and stuff that aren't open or closed because of uh, COVID and maybe never reopened and they yep. may not totally. reopen. So I don't know if that, uh, I think that was what a, a Muppet merch store that I think it was closed because they have the Rizzo's pizza right there that is still open. So I think that was a merch store that was closed, but uh, I don't know if it's ever going to reopen. I don't know if it was closed because of COVID, but I'm kind of taking all that stuff that it might've been closed because of COVID, <laughs> but yeah, give it the benefit yeah. of the doubt. I hear you. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's still other areas that even weren't necessarily closed because there was like something in there. It just went to a dead end where there was 
just like a theater or something back there, but it, it didn't like flow out. Like I think when you're in, uh, at least in a lot of the, the, the Disneyland parks in California, it, they don't really kind of dead in. There's usually a flow to where you can like go around and you'll work your way around to like another land or you, you'll kind of exit the back end of that, that land area. Whereas I think with definitely with Hollywood studios, you hit the end. You had to just turn around and go back out the way you came in, which was kind of like a, a weird flow for me. But Hollywood Studios definitely had the most uh, the most amount of thrill rides of the parks and the uh, the largest number of like e-ticket rides, I think, than any of the other like uh, Disney World parks, I think, in that area. It was definitely clear that they had put a lot of money and resources recently into that park right like that was that was like the story of hollywood studios was it was the it was like the half day park or the park that was just a total skip and so in order to kind of rectify that they uh they just really went all in with like toy story and galaxy's edge and and uh and those heavy hitters so yeah totally uh, I will say though, I actually kind of liked Toy Story Land, uh, in that like you're right, it didn't make you feel like you were in um, one of the movies, but it did did do a pretty good job of making you feel like you were the size of a toy, like in a yard, right? Like they had the large kind of like bamboo or or grass leaves that came up pretty high. Uh, the cues all were really cool, so it's like the uh, the uh, Midway Mania cue was like incredible and that it made you feel like you were you know the size of a, a toy kind of going through all of these all of these kind of like toy boxes and it was the same thing with like slinky dog where it felt like you were size of a toy going through uh you know like um that kind of you know like a slinky dog toy box like i, I thought that aspect of the of the land was pretty well realized yeah, I know. I agree. It, they did a good job with that. I, you know, honestly, you know, if I think about it, I don't know what I was expecting with a Toy Story Land. It's just like, um, you know, when you walk into Cars Land, it feels like you're in the movie. I don't really know, like, you know, when I was in uh, Toy Story Land, I think I was just kind of like, ah. I don't know. I, am I just supposed to be small? And I, I think most of the stuff that happens that I remember in the movies were always indoors and stuff. So having everything outdoors just kind of feels, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, it was, it was good. It was definitely a well put together land. I still just don't feel as, as, as immersive as cars land. He just really loves that Cars Land. I do. I am biased. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> with good reason. Well, what were some of the other highs for you guys for uh, for Hollywood Studios? I, I definitely, definitely had a few. I mean, the uh, the I, you know, obviously Tower of Terror was incredible for sure. Best version of uh, of that ride that is at any of the other parks that whole kind of like pre-show that before you kind of even get into the launch tower was really awesome. I really enjoyed that. 
Uh, I also just kind of liked the, you know, we were talking about just kind of how poor a lot of the transitions and a lot of the sight lines are within Hollywood studios. But I felt like that walk down Hollywood Boulevard up to the Tower of Terror was pretty fantastic. Like that was a really cool experience where it's just kind of like off in the distance down Hollywood Boulevard and you're just kind of like that slow walk towards it. Uh, and, um, and yeah, it was just, I, like I said, it felt like really well done Disney Imagineering, which was kind of hit and miss generally throughout the park. I really liked, um, I liked Tower of Terror too. That was, that was actually really cool. Uh, I, it is definitely the best version like I've ever been on. I like the fact that you're actually getting more of a story in it. Uh, so that was cool. I actually liked uh, the Aerosmith rock and roller coaster. That was actually a pleasant, ex- that was a pleasant ex- uh, surprise. I was not really thinking too, uh, too much about it. And then it was cool. The land, the area is weird. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but the, totally. but the roller coaster was really cool. I just think it probably needs to be rethemed, but I definitely think they shouldn't get rid of it. It's, it's a pretty cool roller coaster. Um, I did like the, uh, the cues are definitely, I mean, that was kind of a, a theme that I, I noticed in, uh, the Disney world, uh, parks just overall is that usually the 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 ride queues are much better than uh than disneyland the disney the california parks queues definitely more interesting more involved that and i also liked i actually thought the muppets area was cool but at the, it was it was really nice i liked it it was it was kind of an immersive area but i was also felt a little disappointed in that there wasn't more of it like you know you had yeah. your fountain you had your you had where the theater is you know where the muppets do their uh have their show and then you had rizzo's pizza and that was like it was just so so small and compact and i guess even there's that store but you know it wasn't open so you can't go in it so it just it, it feels like there should be more there like i i still i want them to put like a window up high and have uh, Waldorf and um, the other guy come out and start talking to people or just have Muppets sticking their heads out and talking to, to people or even, even people if it's a conversation or even if it was, even if it was just like, you, you know, between themselves, something that says more that there's, that there's Muppets. You know, it seemed like they kind of put some effort into making like the theater for the Muppets and you have this rep- restaurant for the Muppets. But I think they could have put more stuff in there to like immerse it into, hey, this is the Muppets area. I, I don't know. I wanted more Muppets. Generally felt pretty dead, which is not what you think about when you think Muppets. You think kind of like vibrant and active and very much alive. But yeah, it, Agreed. It was like you had a couple of really cool aspects, and then it was just kind of like, man, all right, we're done. Yeah. Um. Well, I'll tell you the 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 other highlight, and it was made highlight. It was made a highlight. 
mainly because of just how bad I felt the general options for food were. Like when it came to mealtime, it seemed like the, the quick service was pretty rough at, uh, at Hollywood studios. We did have the, um, we did have the, what was it? The, in the toy story land where uh, you had the tachos and you had the yeah, tarts. Yeah. Woody's it okay. uh, toy mm. box. You know, yes, or Woody's toy box t- or lunch box, or something like that. Lunch box. You got it. Um, and so that was okay. But outside of that, if you weren't able to snag a reservation for anywhere, it was, it was, it was pretty slim pickings. And so we obviously tried to get into the, uh, the drive-in movie theater themed restaurant that didn't happen. <laughs> it was not able to snag a reservation and then weren't able to get on the wait list. What we were able to do was check out the Brown Derby lounge, which is that outside kind of area of the Brown Derby, huge fan of the Cobb salad, that Cobb salad, incredible, not something I ever thought I would say about a salad I would have had in a theme park, but I was very happy with my salad. Um, but yeah, like in general, I would say food options, not great unless you were able to snag a reservation. Yeah, it, it's weird because I think uh, one of the things I, I did notice too is that uh, even though there's a lot of food options, there there's like usually like you go to a place and there's like one thing that is like super popular there, but like all the rest of the stuff is kind of like, eh, you know, nothing like nothing just stood out as a place that's just everything is amazing. You know, it, it definitely did feel like a lot of stuff was just like, meh. Uh, we did have uh, a, uh, was it the uh, uh, carrot cake cookie? I don't know how they can call it a cookie. It was obviously a cake with filling, with, with uh, icing in the centers. Like, I, it's not a cookie. It's delicious, but still not a cookie. It was, it it was really good, and it was huge. It was really huge. So, like, I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like, it, it was, it was amazing, though. It was really good, but it was definitely calling it calling it a cookie, where it literally looked like you were having like a a, a kind of a small personal, like somewhat like a personal cake. I guess. <laughs> so, uh, but it was, it was really good and it was great for the price. Um, but yeah, I think we looked up on finding that one. I, I, nothing else really stood out for food. Had, I did finally find a pickle and it was terrible. Uh, it was really, really bad. <laughs> that pickle was terrible. It was a low oh man, sure, it was yeah. so bad. That pickle was so terrible. Oh, Oh, it like it hurt my feelings when I, I I bit into it. I was just like, "This is so bad, man." Yeah, that was. Uh, I could tell that was you. You were heartbroken for sure after that. It was you were you were you were a little hesitant but hopeful, and uh, yeah, that pickle let you down for sure. I mean, it was so bad. I like I saw a pickle. I think they were selling a pickle at our 
at our resort, at our hotel. And I decided not to go for it, even though I was like really fiending for a pickle. Uh, and then <laughs> after we left uh, Disney World and we went to Universal, I was still looking for pickles and they don't sell pickles there. So I was I was fiending for pickles until I got home. Thankfully, I had a, a stash at home. So <laughs> you immediately cracked open and washed the taste of bad oh, pickle man. out of it, your mouth. It Makes was sense. really bad. Totally. I think they've I think they've changed vendors for the parks and this new new vendor can can go someplace with themselves. That place is terrible. <laughs> Man, the the word is out whatever that vendor is, whoever it is. Keep 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 your distance from Henry Hall. Um well and then I I think we we definitely have to touch on Runaway Railway too because how how'd you guys feel about the ride itself? Like obviously we we talked about the kind of weirdness of it being in the man's Chinese theater. But what'd you think of the overall ride? Was that was that kind of what you were expecting? Was it better? Was it worse? It was not what I was expecting. I just I mean I think the whole experience through like going through the queue was kind of weird. Like the the theater vibes but then actually going into like your the movie theater that you go into and you watch the cartoon and go through the screen like that was amazing i love the disney magic there and i was not expecting it to be like the trackless type of ride so when we start going one way and our conductor goofy starts out of the other i it i was shook (laughs) it got me Uh, i thought it was pretty cool i mean i thought the ride was good it it did feel out of place in the man's chinese theater uh but i i felt like the ride it's i think also being in the man's chinese theater kind of hurt its its cue because it's kind of like a weird like you couldn't get really cool with the cue like they have for all the other rides in that area for the most part uh but it was uh it the ride itself was better but then it was kind of also since they're using that new uh mickey uh art direction that they they're going with now it really kind of makes the like that whole new style that they go with where they have kind of like that um they have an actual like physical manifestation they have a physical form of mickey but then they have the like project his face on the thing, but it because they're using that new style, his nose looks like a growth instead of his nose. The way his mouth is situated, <laughs> it's just so weird. It, it, it looks, I, I just, I for some reason, I can't stop thinking that's a growth, that's not a nose. Because his mouth is like front and center, but his nose is sticking out the side of his head. So it's just, it's a really weird. But everything else was fine. Like all the other characters, it's just Mickey Mouse. And I guess technically Minnie too, but like all the other characters have their noses properly situated. And it was nice. It was great seeing like uh, Donald and Daisy and all the other characters and Goofy. So it was a fun ride. Yeah, I agree. It was like they were angled in a weird way. Yeah, right? it's just a weird angle for like 
you know, the mouth is facing you, but the nose is sticking off the side of the face. So it's just a really weird, you know, art style or yeah, that they went with. I don't know. It, it looks fine. I guess technically if you're watching it like a cartoon with him, but when you see the, physical form of of mickey and it's got that nose sticking off the side it just looked weird i uh i don't disagree with that it it, it was a little mismatched for sure uh at times but yeah g- generally i felt like it delivered on the concept of of uh kind of you being in the cartoon it was like one of the better kind of screens mixed with kind of like physical sets <laughs> And how those physical sets would kind of like change depending on the situation. I thought they did uh, they did a pretty cool job of that. If anything, there was almost at times a little bit too much going on where you really need multiple ride-throughs in order to really kind of catch everything happening because, uh, yeah, it's just, there's a lot going on at all times. Yeah, I agree with that. So, uh, so yeah, that is, that's Hollywood Studios. Where would you guys kind of place it within the four parks that we attended at Disney World. So would you place it kind of on the upper half or bottom half? Oh, I'd have to say it'd be bottom half for me. It's like, I think it's a, if I could hit two parks and only two parks, it, it doesn't make the list. No, would you say that it was the, it was the very bottom? Oh God, I think so. <laughs> Other than the couple of, the handful of rides that, I mean, I mean, we're if we're going to be getting here in California, if we're going to be getting the Mickey's Railroad, we already have, you know, our version of the Haunted Mansion. So with the Mission Breakout, we already have Galaxy. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be bottom for me. <laughs> How about you, Henry? Uh, it's a weird kind of. It's kind of harder for me to say because I think I would I would say. <sighs> I wouldn't actually put it on the, it's got a weird place because it definitely had the best of the rides there for sure. It had the best rides, but um, it was like the ugly, one of like the uglier parks. Uh, There just, there was just areas. It's just like, Oh, that that just looks so ugly. And even though I know the, the backstory for the dinosaur, that's still an eyesore and it just doesn't make sense. And the idea that like, if I have to look it up, what that is supposed to mean and the meaning of that dinosaur. You're talking about animal no, no, kingdom, no. right? The dinosaur that they had, that they dinosaur. had. Oh yeah. I hear what you're talking yeah. about. Gertie. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. If you have to look it up to figure out what, the meaning of that uh, of Gertie the dinosaur in in the water, then it's it shouldn't be there. It, it just doesn't make sense to put it there. <laughs> you know, there there should be more prompt to it, more like information about it, or do something more to like put it out there. But it just feels weird. Like you know, you see it and you're like, what is the dinosaur doing in the middle of the park? You know, I don't. You know, I imagine there's a lot of people who go there have no idea what it is. I didn't know until like you told me about it. So it feels like really weird and awkward. Um, 
So I don't know where I would place it. I wouldn't, I don't know if I would place it at the bottom because it definitely had the best rides, but I, you know, I would say, I don't know. It's really weird. I, I don't think I would, maybe I put it at second just because, because it had the best rides. I would put it as second. I wouldn't put it as my top park though. It's really weird because my, my whole experience at Disney world is, is kind of changed a lot of things for me and what I was expecting uh, for our trip. So I don't know, maybe second or third. I I don't know. It's, it's a real weird place to put it because it, like I said, I think it, it, gets higher up on the scale because it has the best rides, but it also was one of the uglier parks. And usually one of the things we like to do is walk around and enjoy the ambiance of the park. Uh, definitely fair enough. I, uh, I agree. This is kind of like on the lower end for me, if, if only because I totally agree about the rides, but it definitely didn't feel like it had uh, a lot of the Disney magic that I felt at almost all of the other parks, like it, it just, it just wasn't working for me quite as well. There were definitely moments in there where I felt it, or I felt like this was like really just kind of imagineering, just nailing it. But just overall, as a as a as a as a Disney park, it didn't quite feel as magical as 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 the others did. So it's probably yeah, also agreed on the on the lower end for me. But going from one of the, if not the ugliest of the theme parks, to arguably one of the most gorgeous of the Disney theme parks, Animal Kingdom. Am I right? Like that park just looked incredible. I would agree with that. It's a really pretty park. We stepped off that bus, which unfortunately is the only way to get to Animal Kingdom. Even if you're at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, unfortunately, there's no direct access there. But yeah, we we definitely had a lengthy bus ride there. And just like the way that they have that park set up, man, where you kind of like go through these kind of like tighter pathways and you can go left and you can go right. And there are like birds there already. And you go through Discovery Island before anything else. And that tree of life hits. And it's just like, it really is incredible. I mean, my overall feeling of, of Animal Kingdom was that really, it had a look that I have not seen at any other theme park where it just really, really just, for the most part, all came together. And I, I know a lot of people have said like, yeah, it's sort of like a, a, like a, like a glorified zoo. And like, yeah, maybe. But, uh, but I thought just like really everything was so well themed like when you were going through you know like harambe village like it just looked like nothing else i've seen at any other theme park that i've been to disney or otherwise uh and then you know like the fact that you would be waiting in a queue and there are like monkeys swinging above your heads it was just like something totally totally different that uh like i said was just executed so well and, uh, and yeah, it was just, like I said, I was, I was, I was a little surprised, even though I went in knowing what to expect it, it exceeded my expectations just from 
like I said, just, just kind of how well integrated all the animals and the theming was. It's, for me, I definitely, I don't think I had as much like preconceptions of what to expect when I get there other than like, I knew like the tree of life and that was going to be just a, an amazing site, like how detailed it is and the, what is it? The safari going through and seeing the animals. But I mean, to me, like the scope and right. scale of like each of the lands and just, I mean, the hallelujah mountains in Pandora, like the scale of those is just breathtaking. It's amazing. Like the, the amount of detail that they put into making it feel very immersive. So I don't, I think this one's gotta be like one of their more effective parks as far as like pulling it. It's very like all the lands are very cohesive except for maybe like one and they flow together very well. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be one of the more breathtakingly beautiful parks. It was definitely for me, one of the better looking parks, but it was also the one that also felt like, had the least amount of like Disney, like feel on like Disney uh, franchises or whatever theming in it. In that it was it was more like, hey, this is this is Animal Kingdom, so you got animals. So it felt like they that was their theme, and they they nailed that theme. Uh, it was cool to see kind of like the little areas that you would find like the animal exhibits. So you would see like, like right by the tree of life, you had the, uh, you had the uh, otters and whatnot. So you could check out some otters uh, and then you had the safari and then you had the, the birds uh, around the tree of life as well. It was definitely uh, a really pretty park. Um, Definitely, I would rank it as the best looking of the parks, of the Walt Disney World Park. So, definitely a lot to look at while you're there. Henry, you were just talking about Kilimanjaro Safari, which it definitely is worth touching on for Animal Kingdom because it really is probably one of, if not the most unique experiences of kind of like a traditional theme park right like what, what were your kind of thoughts on that what was your feeling what was your takeaway well i mean it was it was nice to see animals like in kind of a, a semi-natural like setting uh able to walk around so it's not quite a zoo experience they're just driving you around you get you actually get like you know information about the animals and stuff so that was really nice. Uh, the only thing is, is since they are animals, they don't really have a lot of control over which ones are like out and about. So you may see a lot, you may see very few, or you may see none of them. But, uh, but it was cool to kind of see like animals and not feel like bad for them, like that they're all caged up and whatnot. So... <laughs> Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, what about you, Lori? Was that like was it was it a hit or a miss for you? It's that was a hit. I enjoy seeing the animals. <clears throat> I do like that. I mean, other than like the predators, what was there? There was the um, was it the tigers and lions? They or lions? They were separated, but 
all the other animals. I mean, if they wanted, they could come right up to you. I mean, it's, it's, I enjoy seeing the animals face to face or as close as you can get. So, I thought it was a unique experience because yeah. I don't know what I was expecting. Um, I think I was expecting something that was a little more like a zoo. You, you know, even though it's as far, you're still going to be walk up and there's going to be a distance from you, but like going through the habitats, I think was amazing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're right. Like expectations for a Disney safari, I think for most people would be, oh, it's like super themed and super heavily controlled. And, uh, and yeah, like what you were saying, Henry, it was like very much just kind of like, well, you know, you're, you're in it for the luck of the draw in terms of what you're going to get out of the animals. And it definitely did feel pretty wide open. And you're right. Like it felt, uh, Lori, like it felt like totally those animals could come up right up against the vehicle. And that may not be necessarily the case, but they did a pretty good job of kind of hiding all of the enclosure elements and the kind of fences, if you will. I think they were saying that they were like underwater uh, or something like that. So yeah, it was, it was, it was overall pretty good. Like definitely not what I would expect. I do think it was, uh, it was one of those kinds of experiences that not everyone is going to be really into, right? Like certainly if you are into that different kind of Disney experience that you aren't going to get anywhere else and you're open to, to a safari, then like, yeah, that's totally going to work. Like it, it was like what, 15, 20 minutes or something like that. Uh, but I think a lot of other people that are looking for Disney ride like this is not this is not what this is right like you will be disappointed if you go in expecting like Disney Imagineering like a plus e-ticket attraction right well I think uh it's one of the yeah I mean it's definitely not like a, a thrill ride and it's it's not I, I don't know if I would say it's not an e-ticket ride but it's a different kind of attraction I think you know some things that you know you you see at Disney parks that you generally don't always see at like other like like amusement parks and in and maybe even at theme parks is that you know Disney has always kind of added in like certain elements that are like semi like are still like an attraction but it's it's educational uh, you know so it's something to kind of like hey you you'll learn something but it's still kind of something that you can have fun in and this is one of those things and definitely in the kind of like the i think in the other parks other than uh, magic kingdom they have a little bit more of that particularly in in Epcot and and Animal Kingdom, you have more kind of experiences where you can actually learn something, and and that's a good thing to me. I think, um, but yes, I think it's definitely something that you know a lot of people aren't going to be into, uh, particularly if they're looking for thrill rides. You know, there's there's fewer thrill rides, more kind of educational rides, and and more kind of mellow type rides. Uh, in Animal Kingdom. Yeah, and it's like there are a few thrill rides, and honestly, like, there are other parks that have tons of thrill rides there. We were just talking about Hollywood Studios, right? It's like, yeah, there's tons there. So, yeah, I thought it was like a, again, like, I thought it was a pretty welcome uh, kind of change of pace, for sure, something like that. And, and, and again, like, it fits 
with the park so well. It was uh, it was really it's really a great experience. I think for me, uh, and the other the other kind of area of Animal Kingdom that was very different um, from I think other any other land or area within a Disney park. Uh, and Laura, you, you were talking a little bit about it earlier about Pandora. Like um, I went in to, to Pandora, you know, the world of avatar, I think is what the, the official long name is, but I totally went in ready to be kind of like, you know, jaded Disney parks fan who was like, yeah, there's been so much hype about this, but like, come on, like, does it really, does it really live up to, to, you know, all of the praise that it gets constantly online. And I mean, I can confidently say that it does. <laughs> it was, it legitimately was incredible. And I think you used the term Laurie breathtaking. Uh, and it definitely was like just how detailed everything, everything within the, uh, the land was like the plant life was incredible and how it was mixed in with real, uh, you know, they had kind of like, um, kind of like fakish alien plants that mixed in with the real vegetation that you really just couldn't tell the difference. And then the floating mountains and those, those kind of like stoned archways above flight of passage, like really, really incredible stuff. I mean, I don't know. Did you guys feel the same way? Oh, me? Absolutely. I was just floored. I wasn't, ex- I, I expected it to be very immersive, of a land i wasn't expecting like the height of the floating mountains for them to be i mean like it just seemed huge and then the uh like the queue for the flight of passage like told its own story and it's huge i mean it's at the end of the day it definitely felt like i climbed a mountain to go and ride this ride like it's just (laughs) intense the feeling of oh you're going into the the world of avatar you're going into this alien planet and I do appreciate, um, even like throughout the parks and the different lands, that Disney does take care to choose plants um, that fit into the environment. So, like, um, so they yeah. pick plants that are, you know, I think do like a lot of succulents because succulents look a little weird, a little alien. That way, they don't have to do so many fake plants. And I just love that. Yeah. Yeah, that was wild, man. The uh, that one that one plant right at the beginning. I mean, it, it, it was made to look like a plant, definitely not a real plant, but like you know, that was like shooting the mist into the air. Those weird pods uh, right at the entrance was like, what is happening? <laughs> totally, uh, totally uh, kind of gets you in that zone. And even like a lot of the, uh, even a lot of the food too, I thought like those weird slushies that we had that had the, a lot of use of boba, probably an overuse of boba. Like we were, I think we were trying to figure out like, what is the boba doing in the, the kind of like rice bowls that we got or the noodle <laughs> bowls that we got at Satuli Canteen? Not necessary in any way to have, what were they like cherry boba yeah, or they whatever were on those meatballs, but... But it was still like again, like the food felt very Avatar. <laughs> if that if that's a thing, I don't know. Yeah, I was pleased with with everything. I, I think one thing too is that it, you know, when you go from when you go into the the Avatar uh, Pandora area, it doesn't feel uh, you know ab- abrupt. It it 
naturally flows in. So it it definitely has a, you know, it it feels like a good transition into Pandora. You know, unlike you know some of the stuff in like Hollywood studios where it's very abrupt and like oh you're in another area. No, it actually had a natural feel transitioning into Pandora. So they did a great job with the foliage in the area and and all the plants and everything and and yeah it looks it looks great the food was really good too uh, i really enjoyed the the food food at the satuli canteen even i enjoy boba so i don't know it wasn't a problem for me oh <laughs> <laughs> well, it definitely wasn't a problem it was just like it was again it was it just felt like it was unnecessary yeah i i mean it it was a little bit weird to have like i mean even I know like the sweet and savory and the idea of that, but yeah, it was a bit like, all right, that's a a bit of a weird sweet to go with your savory, but it still tasted okay for you. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't uh it definitely was not a deal killer in any way. Um Yeah. And then I mean, certainly we cannot talk about Pandora without hitting on flight of passage even more than kind of the a little bit about the the queue which of course yeah that definitely the queue is like gets you really pumped up for that and uh and really sells the fantasy of riding on the back of of one of those crazy flying creatures man but yeah it was it it felt like and again this was one of these things where it was like it, it was one of these um experiences that had been hyped up by so many people that had been on it that it was like, is this really going to live up to this experience or is it really just going to feel like next level, um, you know, Soren, which is kind of what it is, uh, or at least that's what the technology is. And, and I mean, it totally lived up to it. It was wild. <laughs> Such a crazy experience. The, the most unexpected thing that, again, like helped sell it, that you were on the back of this creature was how it was like how it would breathe between your legs <laughs> you know what I mean? like you felt like it was you felt like it was breathing uh you know like it was it, there were like lungs that were filling up with air it was, it was super strange but uh but again helped helped to sell that fantasy yeah i'd say definitely the the breathing is what got me have made just that extra level of immersion Makes you feel like you're really there. I mean, a couple of times I felt like I wanted to like reach out and touch. Like it'd be great if they had like a fake a mock head at the front of the what little chair thing to really sell it. But it's like, yeah, a couple of times oh, it was like, yeah. like, oh yeah, like we're going like pet it's like, all right, come on, girl, we're gonna we're gonna make this, we're gonna make this bank or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I mean, that's I would say out of that whole land uh park that's gotta be like my, my favorite ride by by far i wish i would have worn my glasses the first time because like again the uh uh our my experience was all of one ride of it since i couldn't ride it the second time uh they do not support uh, i think we figured out that what the problem was on the second time is they do not support have enough room for larger feet was the issue mm, because right. I think the first time I wrote it, I had my feet, uh, I was like, um, kind of like my feet were bent. So they weren't like fully down. 
uh, the second time my feet were down and it was, they couldn't get the, um, the harness behind your, your calves, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't shut, wouldn't, uh, lock in. So I, since I could, so I couldn't ride the second time. Uh, but, uh, it was cool, but again, not very accommodating if you're are a larger size. I mean, and I don't even think it's like heavy, it's tall. If you're too tall with larger feet, it's not as pleasant an experience because the breathing to me was very yeah. painful. <laughs> so, because <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, that harness locked me in so good. So I was not, I didn't have a whole lot of room. And then that breathing kind of pushes out on your already like pretty tight situation. And it was not super comfortable. Uh, the visuals were cool, but I wish I had had my glasses on uh, under the 3D glasses. So maybe it would have been a little bit better because some of the images and I don't know if it's like because of age, which is a possibility. But the um, some of the, uh, the images look blurry. So it wasn't like a nice crisp picture. So it was kind of like uh, I'm looking at it and. But uh, it might have been because I didn't have my glasses on. Yeah, definitely that uh, the 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 3D kind of stuff sometimes is it's a little bit cumbersome for sure. It's it's uh, can be a bit of a uh, a bit of a bummer. I can I can imagine, especially with glasses. Uh, though Henry, thank you for setting the the record straight too. I assumed that uh, that second time that the issue was that we had. Uh, we had gotten so drenched on Cali River Rapids that you had, you know, just bloated out <laughs> all of your clothes and taken in so much water that added a little too much mass. No, it was it was like the first time we got on, you know, uh, we rode it. My feet were up, so they were never like flat on the ground. But I think that made it so that the uh they could actually lock in the harness behind my uh my calves but the second time i had my feet flat on the ground because i was hoping that that would make it maybe a little more comfortable but then in the end it was also my undoing because you know that pushed my feet further back because you know size 15 shoe is 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 a large shoe that and they generally don't accommodate for you know heights over about you know if you're over like five ten five ten is the like the average that they you know so when you start getting over five ten things start not you know necessarily accommodating so much for rides and uh and this is one of those cases where you know have being above Average size was not a good thing. Yeah, but also that first ride, that first <laughs> cast member, she was determined to get you on there. Like she was pushing and straining. The second time, the guy was kind of like did one or two little tries and was like, "No, you're 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 not ready today." <laughs> yeah, so well, the determination think, of that first cast member. Well, I think it was also part partially too uh when i had my feet up it was just barely not locking in so there was a little bit more like 
hey, I think we should we should be able to make this work. Whereas in, when my feet were completely down, it was just not even close to locking in. So I, I don't I don't uh, fault the cast member for not putting in the effort to to make me fit. I think it was it was kind of like yeah, it wasn't even close <laughs> that second that second time. So. At least I know now, I guess, if we ever go back. Yeah, totally, man. We'll uh, we'll definitely be back at some point. Now, uh, was there anything else that really stuck out for you guys? I know that, you know, we've, we've, we've covered the big heavy hitters here. You know, we did go on Everest. Everest is great expedition Everest. It's exactly as everyone said. It's, it's, uh, it's fun. It's a fun coaster. Uh, was there anything else like negative that really stuck out? about uh, Animal Kingdom because we've been giving it a lot of love. There's got to be something here. The weird dinosaur area, dinosaur land, is just so weird and out of place and cheap looking. It's just so like, ah, it was just like, like you have such a pretty park and then it's like such an ugly and cheap looking area. Uh, And even the ride is, is, is terrible. Like they're dinosaur ride it was like so dark you couldn't see anything and and of course like it's it feels like a a a sad like version of indiana jones where you can't see anything (laughs) yeah it was it, it it is such a strange part of that park which is otherwise themed like beautifully uh it is pretty wild because they've got that weird yeah like it's it's and i think there's some theming around it or there's some narrative around it where it's like oh the um uh the uh the research institute has like done a bunch of research and that's going on and they found like all of these dinosaur bones at the excavation site but then that's brought in a lot of tourism so that some other company has like set up this like cheap uh, uh, juxtaposed like carnival based around, uh, based around like dinosaurs, and it's just like, come on, man! Like, I, I get it. It feels very much like. Uh, I mean, we were talking the other day. We were talking about Hollywood Studios, how it how it kind of has that a little bit of a cheap aesthetic, along with the like, oh, this is a movie set, so it doesn't have to be super detailed. That's how that area of the park felt, right? Where it's like, oh, it's supposed to look cheap looking, haha. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if the theme is like a weird rundown uh, carnival, then I mean, they kind of got that on the nose. Like, just so weird and awkward. Like, it doesn't have that Disney (laughs) magic. I think while we were there, one of the rides was even being torn down. It's it's now fully gone. The um, was it uh, Triceratops spin? I think. No, I thought the Triceratops spin was is still there. It was the. Primeval world. Yeah. Yes. You're right. Yeah. And so hopefully that's an indication that maybe they're going in a different direction for that area because it's uh it's definitely an eyesore in an in an otherwise amazing place. Right? I think what they would it would be amazing and it would blow my mind if they like and they should just do this. They should just like, you know, redo the land and then retheme it as Zootopia. It would actually fit the park, and it would be amazing. Uh, 
and it wouldn't be as stupid the way it is right now. That's just <laughs> that that place that is such a waste right now. Like I just like it, after going on the dinosaur ride and being like super disappointed, uh, like leaving that, I just wanted to get out of that area because it was just like this is just such a monumental waste of time. Uh, I I get like I think little kids and stuff will enjoy like some of like the the other the triceratops spin and then like the little carny games but they could do that so much better and it would just be better if they just rethemed it as like zootopia and that would be awesome and there is a uh, coming to shanghai they're building a zootopia area right now so it's definitely i mean there's stuff that could just carry yeah. over right I mean, it would make sense. Plus, you're in a, a a theme park that's based around animals and stuff. So, what would be a better, you know, you know, place place to put that would be the Zootopia in Animal Kingdom, and they could use something new mm. to bring people in. I mean, I know Pandora Flight of Passage is still going to bring people in, but. I think uh, that park still could use, uh, you know, a new, a new fresh ride to, to bring people in. Yeah, feels feels a little light if you're just looking at the overall yeah. offerings. Yeah, yeah, I agree for sure. What about you, Lori? Was there any any kind of glaring negative side on uh, or negative sign that you saw? It's aside from that, it was the although we didn't sit and watch it, so I don't really know how it turned out. But the weird, the like kite show <laughs> the water <laughs> yeah tails, yeah the like water the jet ski kite show that seemed a little odd like i don't understand a lot of that it's like maybe i'd understand more if we actually sat and watched it but from the outside it's like why would i they're just jet skis running around with kites oh okay i get the gist of it i'm i'm good i don't need to see that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was like what is going on and then the kite's crashing into the yeah. uh, stands. It's just, yeah, it's, it is a, uh, a totally bizarre. And again, like maybe if they really had executed those kites well, and they were going for like, yeah, this whole kind of spiritual thing, then like, okay. But yeah, it's kites being drowned, uh, dragged around on jet skis. Doesn't scream animal kingdom to me. I agree. Um, the only other thing that really I thought that was kind of a bummer for me was just the fact that other than it looked like one day a week, the parks really were not open during nighttime. And I know that one of the reasons for that is like, oh, well, you know, we, we have to maintain like certain certain hours for the animals. And that means that like, you know, once it gets dark, they're trying to sleep. So you can't be really noisy. But like they do have that whole Pandora land that everything I've heard about is like, it is incredible at nighttime. So uh so yeah, I, it it was just a total bummer that we couldn't check that out at uh, once the sun went down. Yeah, yeah I really that definitely to would have been that. something to see. Maybe next time we'll we'll we'll, we'll plan for a uh, a nighttime thing. That would be a good time. You know, one thing I forgot to mention that was weird when we were at Hollywood Studios was was oh, that yeah. uh, how they were tracking us, uh, particularly. Mm, yeah. it, Oh, <laughs> particularly when we were on the rock and roller coaster where they would po post up like uh, those like posters saying, hey, the, hey, Lori from 
you know, and then your city that you're from and stuff. And it's like, whoa, that is weird. Like, it's cool on some level, but it's also way more creepy. And just lets you know, like, they are watching you and tracking you throughout the parks. That was so weird and creepy <laughs> when we saw that. That was just yeah. like, oh. Like my first reaction was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. How did they know? And then it's like, wait, how did they know? And I don't know if I'm okay with that. <laughs> it was like, how random. Yeah. And uh, and then I looked to the left and it was like something, you know, it was like contextualized, something about Julian. And what is going on? Yeah, yeah that was uh, that was some wild stuff. And uh, and for sure. Definitely, it's uh, some deep tracking going on, and and I only wish that the tangible benefit was maybe a little bit more than just uh, some dynamic kind of posters up at uh, in in ride queue. I have to imagine that maybe there's some cooler stuff coming uh, coming up down the down the line a little bit. One would hope, but uh, but yeah, that was super wild, <laughs> super wild stuff. <laughs> well, anyway, so there we go. That's those are the first two parks. Uh, next week we'll cover. Uh, we'll cover Magic Kingdom, our time of the Magic Kingdom, and then Epcot, which you guys had a double dose of. And then we also really were all about that, uh, all about that food festival that was going on, the Food and Wine Festival, which initially I was maybe planning on dabbling a little bit in, but uh, but I went full force into into the festival there, and I was not sad about it. I did not regret it, uh, and it was a good time. So we'll talk all about that next time. But for now. That just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch The Great Park Hop each and every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you made it this far, you're hopefully enjoying the podcast, so don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and hit that like button. This has been episode 62 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you in two weeks. Until then, stay healthy, everybody. Henry, Lori, you take care, guys. Talk next time. Take care, and happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Oh, Magic Band Plus at Disneyland, Henry. We'll talk more about that, too. Oh, yeah. Yay. More, 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 more. All right. Bye.